I got Johnny Primo and Mason Minner. What's going on, guys? What's Not up, much. How are you doing? You know, I don't like doing podcasts with two people or three people total, but in this case, you guys' voices are very distinguishable. I like anything that involves two people in me. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Wait, two, no talk, two people no. involved in him or yeah. just two people involved in general? Little in John, general. Johnny Sandwich. Johnny Sandwich. I like that. So Mason, um, or Gunfu Fighter, as you're known mm. on Instagram, everybody knows you by your handle because it's a cool hand. Gunfu Fighter? Like yeah. who? People want to buy that. I actually put my name back on there just so people would stop saying Gunfu across the hall. Calling you Gunfu. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Mason is a. Can I say what you do? Oh, I can't say that. Can I? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, and I'm a cop, a SWAT guy, right? Oh yeah, full time, sw- full time SWAT I can guy. Say that. Yeah, a uh, full time sniper SWAT guy that yeah. covers eight thousand square miles. Yeah, yeah, a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> and then Johnny Primo, you guys know Primo. He uh, owns Courses of Action and uh, uh, Legacy Special Forces guy. We're getting that old now. We're becoming yes. Legacy SF guys. We're like Mac V. Sog dudes in the 80s. We're just looking back on our time. It's like, damn, that was a long time ago. There was a kid that just graduated selection and sent our graduation pick to me. He's like, shouted both of us out. No shit. And I was like, oh, my God. It's like whenever we were looking at Vietnam era photos, I'm like, oh, oh man. God. That's now us now. <laughs> now we're fucking old. That's when you know. Johnny came up here for the, uh, we had a, a, a Sur- Philcraft Survival Expo. And um, it was going really well, but he's going to be a guest speaker today. And I thought it was a cool opportunity to shoot the shit with you guys and get you guys' take on, I don't know, current events, bullshit going on on social media and just tactical stuff and the stuff that we talk about all the time. Uh, Mason, you just came back from SEMA. How was, I, how I was that? Uh, two words. Uh, Gladiator and Supra were pretty much everything really? that you needed to see there. The new Supra? Yeah, man. I'm a big fan of that Superman. I think uh, it looks pretty cool. It's underpowered. Is it really? I mean, you think it's basically in, a Z3 motor. Yeah, in ninety oh. in ninety three when the when the the Supra that everyone loves, the Mark IV came out. Yeah, yeah. it's got the same horsepower that one does. Really? Yeah. I had I had a slew of uh, Gen three uh, RX sevens. I had a ninety four FD legit single turbo conversion. It was pretty cool. And then Primo, I know <laughs> we go way back, man, in the import scene. Um, Damn! Tell me some some of the imports that you had. What are the classics that you had? Uh, probably the most notorious one is that a '92 uh, Civic hatchback with mm, a JDM Type R go. motor, B18. I love that with a transmission, Mugen mm-hmm. Mugen MF8 wheels, cheater slicks all around, uh, spoon carbon fiber hood, duckbill hatch, everything. You remember that car? Super clean, man. It was I like a it. sleeper. Yeah. I would crush V8s that were supercharged, turbocharged, everything. And like what, what did it run? Like 12, 13 seconds. Yeah, it was like a twelve point three. Yeah. Were we all Honda guys when we were? I was a Honda guy. So was I. I had yeah. 87 with a, uh, a B18C1. I had a, a Frankenstein LS swap. I had... I had that swap. All, I had a 99 SI. I had uh, a Spoon uh, converted. I had a Civic with a Spoon engine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All Spoon. Yeah. And then... Yeah, that was I lived that life. I had a '95 Del Sol with an LS swap. Did you? The B18 LS. Swap. Oh, yeah. that was the ultimate Frankenstein yeah. engine. Yeah. But you know, it's funny is when Fast and Furious came out, it ruined everything. It did. The whole yeah, scene, it ruined, destroyed yeah. the whole scene. Well, it went to fart pipes and big spoilers, and that's yeah. not what I was into. And that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were about the. I, I, that's why I love the sleeper factor, which yep. is those cars are capable of running 12 second quarter miles, and at the time, and and kind of like now. You're not going to find that kind of power in a vehicle in a drivetrain. It's just not possible, especially in a four-wheel drive vehicle. No, no, fucking sick. And the power to rate ratio in them is untouchable. 
Well, yeah. I think there's a time that you graduate, right? Your front wheel drive, and then mm-hmm. eventually you like kind of get older, and you're like, all right, now I like real yeah, drive. Well, you get to another budget scale. Yeah. It's like I even thought about going back and buying because I like the Supers. Yeah, I, I've I got a speeding. This is a crazy story, but I I had a buddy who had a '97 Supra, and I was going. Uh, I, I was on Fort Bragg at night, and I was going a hundred and ten plus miles an hour down. It was like MLK. It was like basically a side street of Bragg Boulevard. And it was a highway. I got clocked by a state trooper. He pulls me over and he goes, I just clocked you going 112 miles an hour. Give me your license and registration. I'm like, I'm going to jail. Like in North Carolina, that's a way that's yeah. go to jail and pound your car. Pull you out of the car right then. Well, here's what happened. So he come he runs back to his car and I see lights and sirens on the opposite side of Bragg Boulevard drive by me. He runs back to my vehicle and I'm like, Dude, he's about to rip me out of the car. Like something just happened. I got a warrant. I don't know what's going on. And I was, I think I was in the, no, I had, I had, uh, I was at Bragg, but I hadn't started the Q course yet. So I was young. I was 21, 22. He runs back, throws my ID and registration in my lap. And he said, today's your lucky fucking day. And he runs away. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? So, so what happened was a dude got shot at a nightclub. I think it was It's or one of the one of the mm-hmm. nightclubs that everybody gets shot at at Bra- yeah. Bragg or Bragg Boulevard, and that he was responding to that shooting. And so if that didn't happen, I mean, I who who knows? Yeah. Thank but, you for sacrificing your life, bud. I know. Thanks, buddy. Whoever you are, <laughs> <laughs> the strip club. Thank you so much. <laughs> Got Mike out of a hundred dollar ticket. He did. He did. I would have went to jail. I think Bragg was bad with that. They would pull yeah. dudes out and impound cars on the spot. It was it was crazy. Crazy. Um, Johnny. Uh, you have a lot of training going on, man. You're all over the road, and uh, everybody that I, that's kind of my inner clientele, trains with you mm-hmm. constantly. Like we have the same demographic of customers, and I'm like, hey, you guys training with us? Like, oh, no, I'm training with Johnny. Like, okay, you train with us next time? Yeah, I'm training with you. Or I just got done training with Johnny. What's what's what are the big courses that you're running now? Because I know you do the SUT thing. Yeah, SUT is always going to be big. Um, that is what it is. If you guys have, if you guys haven't listened to what SUT is, and go back and listen to our other podcast. Well, give me the the little synopsis of that because um, it's because when people think small unit tactics, yeah, it's we teach rate. It's all open book source or open source stuff. So it's raid recon ambush, uh, patrolling techniques. It's all op four um, based, and we teach you what I call crisis planning. So an op a watered down op order, and then teach you how to patrol, set up ambushes hasty counter ambushes and all that stuff. And basically in the mountains or in Texas and it's go time and you really learn a lot. It's not the tactics that they take away. It's because you can do that from call of duty. Let's be real. <clears throat> it's uh, whenever you take away food, whenever you take away sleep, whenever you give limited food, limited water, all that stuff. And you make people stress for 96 hours straight and you rotate leadership positions. People really find out what their true character is as far as a leader goes. Mm. They learn about so themselves true. more than anything else. Yep. So true. And we've had everyone. I mean, the last class was insane. That was in Texas. I had two SWAT dudes, um, an air six man element from air force special operations. I had a dude from the agency dude from DIA, uh, SWAT medic firefighter, EMT chick. Um, and then two civilians. That's awesome. I was going to so, ask you what the demographic of that. Yeah, it's was. it's at first it was all civilians, and now it's maybe five to ten percent civilians, and the rest military or federal agents. I just got asked by uh, Sacramento Highway Patrol, the headquarters there that does the academy for uh, Highway Patrol in California, and they said there's a big gap in training 
for small unit tactics because nobody has a baseline, right? Nobody has a shoot, move, communicate baseline uh, and understanding of how do we maneuver in space? What do we do? How do we set bases of fire, fire maneuver? And we've neglected that so much uh, in tactical jobs and, and duty positions. Like we want to focus on like CQB and dynamic mm-hmm. carbine. It's like you haven't even fucking walked and you're trying to sprint. Well, I work with a ton of like, I mean, from local law enforcement SWAT teams to like the premier SWAT teams out there and they all have a standard SOP. If we're closing the distance on the home and make contact, we're breaking back to the bear. Mm-hmm. We're breaking back to the, and I'm like, you guys just earn this ground. Yeah. Why would you How give about, it up? Yeah. But no, our SOP, and that's like paramount across this country. You're just like, so you you maybe gained 100 yards, 100 meters, whatever your flavor is, and you're going to give that up to break back here and reconsolidate. You're yeah. already here. Yeah. So it, yeah. It, it's 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 everyone. What's your experience, Mason, with uh, the like foundational training, like in because I know you went to the sheriff's department, obviously uh, starting out for the foundation. Did you guys do any shoot, move, communicate, foundation stuff like? support by fire fire maneuver any kind of stuff like that uh it's very it's very little it just depends on which uh, there's so many schools right so like you go in the military and then you go through infantry school which is the same yeah. for every single infantryman yeah then yeah. you go through green beret selection yeah it's the same for every single one it's standardized yeah. right so we don't have like if you're a swat guy in california or if you're a swat guy in new jersey there's no swat guy in utah all different it's similar but because it's not standardized nationally, That's a it's, good point. it's very different. Um, and everybody has, like, you might get with a SWAT guy from a different state and be like, oh, how, how do you handle this? Oh, we do this. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Why do you handle that that way? They might have an answer like, oh, well, we had this one incident where yeah. this drove us to do it, do things this way. And other other units that are maybe smaller, maybe train once a month and have three missions a year are like, well, we don't really know. That's just the way we've done it. Small unit, ta- small unit tactics, so are like are like shooting. Right? What do we preach? Apply the fundamentals in a fast manner. Mm. I don't care what unit you're in. I don't care how sexy you think you are in the military. Whenever shit goes down, you fall back to raid, recon, ambush, seven eight stuff. It, you can literally read that book, and that's what everyone falls back to. Yeah, hundred percent. You know? Yeah. So, man, see, we don't, and we don't, and there that in lies the point. Like we don't have. We don't have that book is standardized for the entire army. And it should be, right? And it should be. Yeah. Um, because it's a na- it's a world force, right? It's a national. The army is national, mm-hmm. whereas law enforcement is so individually based yeah. per state, per well, city. Well, even whenever you look at SEALs, so like I was talking to my buddy Slade, shameless plug, and um, he's talking about, you know, whenever he was in BUDS, one of his dive phase instructors was Green Beret, and then at SQT or their, their version of SQT, uh, they had three army E7s and E8s there training them in small unit tactics. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's in Marshock does the same thing. So yeah. in the military, it's paramount. Seven eight is the yep. fundamentals yeah. of tactics, mm-hmm. you know? Well, there's a lot of like, even, in, <clears throat> even if it's something else, like, uh, you know, skill set guy, Jason, he was in the Marine Corps and handled everybody's jumps, right. Mm-hmm. For the entire military. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's like Sears handled by air force. Mm-hmm. But it's standardized for all branches. Military, yeah. That's a, that's the thing. It's like literally everybody has the same SOP. To, it doesn't matter what branch. Doesn't matter what specialized section of the military you're in. They all have a standardized. Yeah, you have your specialties within mm-hmm. it, but you all have this standardized training. Whether it be diving, whether it be 
jumping out of airplanes, whether it be small unit tactics. Whereas we really don't have that. And uh, I don't know if anybody's ever thought about should. making that happen, yeah. but that would just be, who knows? That would be interesting to see if that's Good something. Good luck, Mason. Yeah, yeah, no. I think you just you, volunt- you volunteered. Yeah, no, that ain't me. The new sheriff. I'm sure, yeah, the, I'm, sure the the FBI, sheriff. I'm sure the FBI has something like that because it's a, it's a national yeah, they do. organization. I think it's interesting that you could even have a city police organization made up with a sheriff's county uh, unit and they show up the same scene and they completely cannot interoperate because they're such on different pages. That part's getting a little bit better just because of all the the terrorist things that have happened over the years where we have actual federal groups within each agency that handle training is it JTTF? That's, 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 that? I don't know what the acronym is, but yeah. it's they essentially handle all interoperations, mm-hmm. communications, training, and then you even have uh, like mass scenarios where they're like, "All right, this happened right now. So let's, you, let's do it. Set up tents, all that kind of stuff." In Utah, in Salt Lake City, you know, I lived up there for a while. Um, the way they got rid of that situation is they said, "Okay, there's no longer just police. There's no longer sheriffs. There's unified PD." Yeah, like Metro. Like so Vegas you don't Metro. you don't drive around in oh, a wow. sheriff police car. You don't drive around a police. It says unified. That's really cool. So you may come yeah. from different academies, but your quals, everything that you're doing, yeah. are all set to the same One standard across yeah. the, across citywide. Hmm. That's interesting. Yep. Um, let's uh, change topics a little bit yep. on uh, social media. We we live and breathe social media, whether we like it or not. It's mm-hmm. part of the business plan, and. Mason, I know you're an, uh, a heavy influencer. You do uh, gunfu fighting, get gunfu fighter, uh, a lot of tactics, a lot of mobility stuff, a lot of preparedness stuff for us. And you've been seeing the changes in social media. Yeah. And, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, what's your take on things that are happening now? Things are changing, obviously. I don't know. I think the uh, I think it's going to be – I think it's getting political, right? So, like, politicians are actually getting to the point where they're – kind of butting in and like, hey, this is, it's a private entity, freedom of speech. You can suppress yeah. people you don't like. Mm-hmm. And you have, you know, Facebook and Instagram going, no, no, we don't, we don't do that. Yeah. Like, no, it's been there's proven, people within yeah. your organization that are doing it. Admitted. And you yeah. don't, you don't have control over your people is essentially what you're saying. Because mm-hmm. you say, yeah, we're not doing that, but your people are actually doing that. So I find it interesting. It's a, uh, uh it's a tightrope that they're walking. Cause mm-hmm. like at one point, one point you say, Hey, we want our freedom. Like you don't want to infringe on somebody's freedom to have first amendment rights. If you tell a private organization that they can't do that, that's exactly what that is doing. Yeah. I may not like the fact that they're suppressing, you know, conservatives to a stuff, but as a free company, yeah. they're allowed to do that. And if we change that, that changes everything down from yeah. the top to the bottom. So well, I, it's, I think yeah. it's a fragile thing to talk about, really. And I know for we, the, the problem, Primo, right, is like they, they've accumulated and uh, assimilated so much power that now they're in a position where if they suppress you, they're suppressing your business. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you felt those effects. Yeah, I have. I, I've, I, I fluctuate in one month between... Losing five thousand, gaining six thousand. Losing three thousand, gaining ten thousand. And it wasn't like that. No, two, like, three years ago, we were in the prime. Yeah, no, we like, it was not, striking gold. Yep. Um, but the thing is, is like you get what I think is, it's common sense, and we can talk about the Mexico thing that you and I are going back and forth with, and we're like, mm. okay, we agree with each other. We're just whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
if you're going to be a dude that's on there like hashtag two way and hashtag come and get it and hashtag Mullen lobby and boogaloo and all this stuff, you're kind of asking for it. Yeah. Yeah. Stop bringing the spotlight. And as far as, as far as like, there's a lot of people that are saying they're two way or this, 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 that they never were before they realized that they had boobs underneath their shirt and their clothing that they're barely (laughs) wearing, carrying a gun, thinking that it's going to be cool for them to get free shit from companies. But really, like I said, two podcasts ago, they're not influencing any, anything. They're changing nothing in the industry. They're just like, not even eye candy half of them. Like, whoa, what are you doing? Um, but then you get legit companies that are making people better. And what is our goal? My goal is the same as your goal. It's to make people the best versions of themselves possible and let them and their families be able to defend themselves because God forbid they're in a situation. Cops can't respond fast enough. Cops no. are going to show up to do an investigation nowadays. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think we kind of did it to ourselves because whenever the spotlight wasn't on anybody in the, in the, in the gun world, yeah. We were like going crazy with all, I wasn't, you weren't, but people were going crazy with all these posts. And Dude, like, it was oh, insane, man, right? Da, 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 da. And it I'm was like, insane. you're talking crap. Yeah. And then like, okay, cool. You're gone. You're gone. Yep. You're gone. And you saw, you started seeing, amazing, you started seeing the accounts start crashing. There was a whole bunch of influencers oh, that were tactical influencers who were losing their accounts, but also they were perpetuating drama, right? They were just like spewing like, I don't know. It was just, it was obnoxious shit where I was like, that's that's an interesting thing. You say that because I I feel like, and I've talked to several people about this, that I feel like we throw a lot of mud at each other. Yeah. In the two way community. Yeah. Like there's so much discord about different things that people say and do online. Mm -hmm. Just like wish them well. Like it's not that big of a deal. Just Just let it be. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't understand that, especially when we're all we're all essentially fighting the cause, right? And let's be fair. Like I've joked about the whole boogaloo thing on the on one of my pages before. Some what is that? The, I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's the whole you know civil war thing, right? If if they try to uh, come and take it, like, dude, I'm gonna be real. We're crushing it. If, M- nobody's, if nobody's ready for that, if dude. Maricopa Sheriff's Office SWAT team shows out ups, outside my door, guess what I'm gonna do? <laughs> okay, <laughs> like yeah. here we go. Like yeah. it's not gonna be like oh. I'm going to burn these fucking dudes down. No, it's not like that. I'll say that. You guys can say that. Oh, we're going to fight. Okay, you're going to be dead. That's what you're going to be. And I enjoy being a father. Yeah. So. Yeah. Have you seen, what have you seen as an influencer, Mason, as far as the the tide shift on uh, using influence as a business? Because, I mean, a lot of people have made good money being an influencer, but it seems like over time um, it's become less prevalent in that. Well, I think companies are realizing that a billboard on the side of a freeway, they, they can't track anything. Yeah. They're spending thousands of dollars on that billboard, and they have no idea how many people yeah, saw yeah, that. They yeah. have no idea how many people bought from that. There is zero ways to track that billboard yeah. or that or that commercial. Like, yeah, maybe a commercial, you can tell how many people actually listen to it based off the listeners of that show or that radio station, but you don't know anything past that, whereas you can make your influencers track everything mm-hmm. like IG, Facebook, all that. They have so much tracking and, you know, um, how many people looked at your account, how many people clicked on the email, like all that stuff. And they can give that. And obviously the code thing is real big with companies. Give yeah. them a code, give you percentage, whatever that is. Uh, and is so that's still another lucrative? way to track. Is it still? Uh, so I think it's, I think it's better for companies than it is for a lot of the influencers. Yeah. 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 Only because 
eyeballs go to, like if an influencer says, hey, give me a code, I'll push the code, you give me a percentage of that code, and then, uh, you know, give me gear or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's, that code might not be used every time. Yeah. But that influencer shows that product, and they're like, oh, that's a cool product. And they might not go buy it right then, but then in a week they remember, oh, I was going to buy that and I have money now. And they go buy it. They don't use the code. So that company did get that sale, but that influencer but didn't influence get right. anything. So, yeah. so yeah. that's that's on the companies to do that because, you know, I'm sponsored by Ignite, Dan Bazoon's company. He's one of my top paying, paying sponsors and then Redcom one, my other top paying sponsor. Um, they have it set up. So as soon as they track the th- IP address purchased using my code from there on out forever, they track. Mm-hmm. Or if they even looked at my page and so clicked on it for my page, you got a guarantee. No matter what, and, and then they have it set up so where it's yeah. kind of like a pyramid scheme. So like if you buy and you started buying, but then he goes to your page yeah. and he tracks it. But you're talking about companies where they they're they're huge. Yeah, I was gonna say they're big enough to know the difference. Yeah, they they can yeah. they track it nonstop like constantly throughout the day from Redcon one. Hey, congratulations! There's another order. Yeah, they use your code. I haven't posted my code in weeks. But people made an order initially, yeah, or they tracked it from my page or something like that, and they just track it forever. Then they don't have to enter my code every single time. Well, multi-level marketing is like that's the that's the way of the future. The traditional pyramid scheme that used to be used and is illegal now, which people don't realize, yeah, is gone. But that that structure it's and the way that's done, different architecture, yeah. Network marketing is what it's called, right? Yeah. Well, that's all we're doing on IG mm-hmm. by marketing for companies is networking mm-hmm. the marketing platform of a company. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at first form. It's like one of the largest yeah. conglomerates of supplements and yeah. that's how they do it. They just, it's a, it's a single level network marketing company. There's nobody underneath you, but each person sells for themselves yeah. and then gets a percentage. It's like of the Revlon. Oh, 100%. Like the, the new supplement. Re- Tupp- Tupperware. Tupperware. Yeah. Redcon one has that too. So we have our elite yeah. athletes where I don't have to sell anything for them. There's a guaranteed paycheck no matter what. And I'm getting a percentage of every order no matter what. Um, but then they have the same thing like the yep. affiliate program yeah. where it's like they're set up in their own little store. So you may not be a sponsored Redcon athlete. Right. But you're an affiliate. They call them tier operators, and um, <laughs> oh sweet, they uh, you go from tier four to tier one, and um, say somebody makes an order, you basically like you said, you have an invisible Redcon yeah. one store. Yep, that's it. And people are ordering from that using their code. They get percentage, and then Redcon does all the fulfillment. And then you get and you get the top percentage too. And okay. I think that's I think that's the model that a lot of people are going to. They have the not everybody has 40, 50, 60, 80,000 followers, right? But let's say you have 1500 followers and you have a good there are people that legit follow you everywhere and do everything with you. You have somebody that you pay, like Redcon One reaches out and says, "Hey man, you got more followers than anybody else. I'm going to pay you X amount per month mm-hmm. plus this amount of product per month." Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you a percentage of whoever's underneath you. Yeah, that's and what I get. And then he yeah. comes out and gets somebody with 1,500 followers that put underneath him. And then they use their code and whatnot. And he and gets a cut. They get a cut. And like that is going to be... Because people... It's getting to the point where people with a large number of following aren't going to just do it for the, a code right, and I, free gear. Yeah. When I tell you, I told Mike that three years ago when we first yeah, started. Yeah. It's like, stop doing shit for free. Yeah. yeah. Either, either there's <laughs> monthly money involved or you... Yeah, people just aren't going to do it. Yeah, and I stopped like that. When you told me that, I stopped doing that. And 
because we don't know our own worth. Yeah. I mean, we think a free scope is like, oh my God, I got a thousand dollar scope. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> that cost them two hundred dollars. That cost them two hundred dollars <laughs> to make, and that you are they are leveraging you to make them hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially. Correct. And so that's the disappointing thing. But now that people are getting more savvy to it, yep. my, my my surprise is how many companies don't understand this type of marketing. Uh, including like podcast marketing. That's that's obviously for us as without with a podcast. When we have to explain to large corporations that, like they're like, what is a CPM? Like, what do you mean? How much are you guys validating this? How are you validating this? And I'm like, it's a standard. It's a it's well, a it's yeah. a, it's a um, industry standard, and it's pretty set in stone. But they don't see the value in it, and it's it's. I'm kind of taken back by that because I'm like. Man, if you haven't been on the podcast game, if you haven't been in the social networking game as a business, you're going to fail. It's it's coming around though. I well, think and here's the thing: if you have not been in social media, I've seen tons of legit new trainers pop up that are legit and good. Guess what? You missed the window. Yeah, yeah. The window is yeah, long yeah. gone. If you're not trying to play catch up. To be doing research on what's coming up next. Yep, yep. That's yeah, because they are crushing. Like, yeah. The ability to get your name out now, if you're not if you're not already in it, I've noticed the, that in the space, I've noticed that it is hard to fight your way. The t- There's a couple out there that have just such great momentum that they're going, yeah. regardless of fitness, guns, mm-hmm. whatever, that are just going through the roof. But for the vast majority of people, it's it's not it's not well, good. I was surprised that that we were just talking about it uh, at lunch. The Charlie Kirk guys, the Turning Point guys, yeah, at how low their following is on YouTube and yeah. other channels. I'm like. I expected these guys to be popular as hell, but they're not. Like Colin Noor, yeah. Uh, he, I'm like, they're not that. Uh, they're not getting a, a lot of traction. But I think, I think that part. It's funny you mentioned that because I think that's getting better. I think mm-hmm. the only reason that they haven't squashed everything completely out of oblivion and the two A stuff, yeah, and the conservative thought process, is because of groups like that. Because the more they talk. And say, hey, you're Ooh, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're crushing us. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, we're not. No, we're yeah, not. Yeah. And then Holds they're like, oh yeah, we better not do that anymore because now we're now we're in the public eye. Like a restaurant getting a bad uh, uh, Yelp review. Yeah, clean. Like the government comes by and there's roaches on the ground. They're not going to have roaches again for a long time. Yeah. So I think maybe, hopefully, uh, because they're bringing so much attention to it and the the national spotlight that uh, and they continue to do so that they'll maybe kick back a little bit and not be as as stringent in that uh, aspect. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think that uh, with having a business now and then growing up in the social media space where we're like kind of solidified, I can't imagine doing this all over again starting today. No way. I, I feel like that would be an impossible uphill Dude, challenge. if I had to do that, I'd be like, Loading bags at Delta just so I could travel for free and happy. I know, life. dude. Seriously. I would not do this again. Because la- I mean, <laughs> no I know because we've all been in this for the same amount of time. Three years, yeah. Three years solid. I mean, not it's uh, not over like three and a half years. It's not like three years of just like back. It's like three years and solid. It's so up and down. It's man. so taxing. So up and down. <laughs> it's so exhausting. I think oh, I I don't know if I can speak to myself or all of you, but I, I'm to the point now where it's you've gotten so good at it that. It just doesn't matter anymore. You yeah. just do your thing, and it, and it works out, and you do it again tomorrow, and there's not as much thought into 100%. every single yeah. day as there used to be. We get the reps in. It's not like it's taxing <laughs> yeah. now, yeah. but it was. Oh, 100%. And, then, and now it's like maybe it's also, too, success in a form of, of uh, evolving or growing 
is at some point you can kind of relinquish some of that angst. Well, and here's what's funny too, is like it's at this point. So everyone thinks that if you know somebody with a large following and they give you a shout out, that that's going to change anything for you. Dan Bilzerian will shout me out and he has over 30 million followers and I'll gain like 300. Damn. I'm like, really? That doesn't yeah. work like it used to. No. It doesn't at all. <laughs> Tony, no. real world tactical. Yep. He, he shouts us out on the podcast and stuff. I don't see any analytical change. No. Sean Ryan, um, a buddy, he just shouted me out. And he has a small small following compared to like Tony. Right. But I saw the most. I, I got a thousand followers from that one just shout out. And I'm like, but dude, back in the day, you get 10,000 followers from <laughs> yeah. somebody yeah. shouting you out. I think, I think it also depends on who it is like and what their what their demographic is, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I shout out after, same thing, Tony, all sorts of people, and then all of a sudden, I had the typical liberal, uh, which is a conservative-based page with a million followers, post some random story, and it was like 1,900 in like five hours. I was like, oh, that's weird. Where did that come from? Well, that was was Mike's and my strategy when we started all this. You post about me, I'll post about you. You post about me, yeah. I'll post about you. You post yeah, about me. And then there was yeah. another guy that we won't talk about, but he was there. <laughs> yeah, he was there. And yeah. we'd all we'd all share everybody's stuff. Supporting and, um, each other. And that doesn't work. Yeah, anymore. you can't do that anymore. We, dude, we yeah. went we went from like nothing to like Yeah, we were in a span yeah. of less than a year. Yeah. yeah. I think my personal account was up to like 175. And you did it right. Yeah. So you did it right. I saw what yeah. you were doing in the back. You're like, I want to start something else with Fieldcraft. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, okay, this is that. I'm going to start another personal account the same way. And you just, yeah. that's whenever the momentum, when I you could do that. Yeah. You can't do that now. You no. can't. If you started another, if you said, yeah. hey, I'm going to make Mike Mike Lover this this branch of Fieldcraft now. They won't and let then it. start your own personal they one. You won't do it. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to do no it. Way. I don't think you could even turn a personal, or you can't go back and forth, like personal no. to business to no, business no. personal. You can't do that anymore. I think the only way that you could kind of do that is if it was like similar to what you already were posting. Yeah. Like if I turned again for fighting into some 2A sales page, I yeah, think that yeah, yeah, might yeah, yeah. work. Yeah. But just going from like, you know, 2A and then now I'm doing off road, like people are like, like I didn't follow happen. this for off road. Yeah. Well, it, there's no incentive really for IG loses a lot of momentum uh, and money because of the way they've had, because it's a social platform, but right. now they're making it a marketing platform 100%. to make money for Facebook ads. And uh, obviously Facebook owns Instagram. And you could see it now with the new, I guess this new algorithm that's potentially taking out the likes where you can't see anybody else's likes, but you could see the likes on your page. And so there's no competition and it's hard to gauge the likes. So then, yeah. how are you valuing yeah. content now? It's only followers. At Bro, that they, point. They, yeah, they it's only followers. They yeah. switched it up on me too. So now I cannot comment on anybody's, like, I cannot send a message to anybody that I'm not following. Really? really? So I try, sending people, I, I try sending people messages that I'm not following, like, hey, motivating post, da, 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 keep up the good work, keep on kicking ass. Yeah. And it'll just say, you cannot send a message. <laughs> Shut wow. up. Wow. It, because I'm not following them, but they're following me. I don't have that at all. That happened to me two days ago, and it's consistent now. Yeah, there's, the, well, Ra- they're making changes well, daily. Raul <laughs> just got the one where he showed us on his phone on the last podcast, actually. He can't see anybody else's likes. He could only see how many people have liked his stuff. And um, and I can see how many likes are on his page, but I guess it's maybe it's a beta test. It is because my uh, I created a page for my dog and gave it to my wife so she could keep track of everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah. And I went in there and I was like, that's weird. 
the likes are all gone. And then I went to my page to look look at something, and I clicked. You know, you can click on the yeah. whoever liked it. And it pulls up how many likes are yeah. on that page, and it says only Kung Fu Fighter can see how many likes. So they're just testing. Oh yeah, they're it's testing a big it test. for sure. Do you think that would be a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a great thing. Here's yeah. the thing. There's a turd out there that I hate, and I've been talking about him. I'm not going to blow him up, but he's the one that taught crap about danger. And you have the a guy. Body, the bodybuilder guy? Yeah. <laughs> I love so that you, <laughs> So you have a dude that yeah. has, he's, at one point he had 210,000 followers. Now he's down to 170,000. No matter what, he's somewhere in between there, but he would get 500 likes per post and like three comments. So that's a direct correlation of buying followers, oh, which is something I didn't know you could do. Yeah, and I then, never knew that either. No, they're starting, they're starting to delete those. I still though. don't know how you do it. And then, <laughs> I don't either. And then, and then what he did was he would buy likes for pictures and stuff. So you can buy likes, you can buy comments, you can buy all this stuff. And yeah. I had no idea. You have guys that are trying to act like there's something or not doing that shit. So I think not showing likes is going to be a good thing. You can still see that I'm somebody in somebody's eyes. Yeah, yeah. By my following. Yeah. If you don't yeah. see likes, I don't care. Well, yeah. You got dude, social capital. Dude, there will be like, I, I mean. Yeah, it don't matter. Let's be real. Half my comments when I post something that's cool. They're like, what kind of shoes are you wearing? I'm like, really? I just posted this educational post. Yeah. And you're asking what kind of pants I'm wearing I right know. now. Are you serious? I there's know. way. <laughs> my favorite ones are like the ones that are real sentimental where you're trying to be serious and you're like, you know, hey. You're good at those though. You're I, good at those. And then I write it out and then somebody's like, oh, look at you. You look you look like a corn, corny dude or something. Like just weird shit. I'm like, oh my fucking Talking God, crap. dude. It's like that guy in the audience who just doesn't get the context and he just runs his fucking mouth. I well, I think I, I was that. watching something on, uh, you know, Gary Vee, right? Millions mm-hmm. of followers, yeah, motivational yeah. dude. And he was talking about it and somebody had said, what do you think of that? And he's like, I think it's awesome. He's like, because I get all the time. I'll get, let's say, a fitness dude that does a lot of pictures and gets tons of likes and, you know, he's flexing or whatever at the gym. And he comes to me and he says, you know, I don't, I just don't know what to do. I, I want to do other stuff on my page, but nothing else gets likes. And so I just keep doing this same pose and same picture. And Gary's like, okay, well, if the likes were gone, then you would do whatever you wanted because you wouldn't care about the likes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Like, all right, there you go. Here they come. They're going away. Yeah, he's talked about, I've heard him in depth talk about, the changes that have taken place have affected his business grossly. Oh yeah. And so he's had to adapt hardcore and it's not what it used to be. No. And I think that's uh that's for everybody. Yeah. And if anybody finds it hard to adapt to something on social media, I think that guy should know more yeah. than all of us. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty good. At and he, he's pretty upfront too about like what's happening and what's yeah. taking place. 100%. Um, the only thing I don't agree with him, I don't think the AI voice AI is going to be the next big thing. It's just not catching traction like it was. No. Like we've been talking about that for five, almost six, seven years. Yeah. And it just hasn't took over traction like I thought it would be. I thought I'd be, like he said, made the prediction three years ago, we'd be ordering, you know, our Colgate via Amazon, uh, you know, whatever that puck is. The Yeah. What is that thing called? Um, the Amazon thingy that speaker. Gosh, I don't know now. Alexa, Alexa. Yeah, I, I got say, it. I have her in the, inside there. She probably heard that. <laughs> Alexa, um, what's your name? Um, so hey, uh, let's talk a little bit about tactics. Let's get into tactical stuff. So Johnny, you're always—I mean, you teach tactics for a living. Um, tactics are something that you have to be adaptable. Things, you know, you, you're always. We have had this conversation before. We're never static and, and mm-hmm. uh, stagnant with tactics. Mm-hmm. We're always evolving. It, are you seeing? Are you seeing tactics in social media in the social media space make impacts and adapting to change? Like, are, is there things that are people tr- that are coming out with 
innovative in any form or fashion? Uh, I say a very, 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 very small percentage. Uh, most of the stuff that I see coming out, I'm just like, wow, what is that? And then I'll message them like, oh, no, you know, I was just something I thought would be cool. I'm like, well, what's your, what did you do? Like, oh, I'm aspiring Navy SEAL or I want to be a Green Beret. Aspiring, I, I like be, that. I want to be this. Yeah. And I'm like, so you have a fairly large following, though, because you're dressed like a freaking, like you stepped off a freaking little bird going mm-hmm. to assault an objective yeah. in your living room. Yeah. But you really just bought everything. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, I'd say, in my opinion, over 90% of the stuff out there is just going to get people killed real fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's sloppy. It's it, Well, it's like... Whenever people and you and I have talked about this are like tactical shooting versus shooting. And this is, I'm like, no, shooting a gun is easy. Mm-hmm. Shooting a gun is really easy. It's a thought process behind it. Because mm-hmm. if you and I are closing the distance with somebody, we have to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. We have to find better cover and concealment, find the best advantageous angle to close the distance with the bad guy. Oh yeah. And he's shooting back at us. Mm-hmm. The shooting of all, out of all that, the shooting is easy. Yeah. So that's what most people teach is shooting. They don't teach that side of it. Yeah. They don't teach tactics, really. No. So that would yeah. be tactical shooting. Yeah. But shooting, what most people do, they say, oh, this is you know, tactical shooting or this is this. No, this is shooting. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's like it's so so easy to shoot paper and still on an open flat range. Yes. There's no challenge in that. I mean, yes, you could refine your skill sets and look cooler because you're faster and more efficient because you've done it again and again and again. But the reality is, like you said, without you're just making times better, you're, you're just you're just emulating a, a choreographed dance. I mean, you're just doing you're you're doing salsa. You're not actually experiencing anything uh, tactically. The only difference would be bef- between shooting styles would be, you know, you have your bullseye shooters, marksmanship, mm-hmm. and then you have guys like us, combat marksmanship. Well, we're not worried about the freaking like bullseye i just want to load you up at the rask area as high as as fast as i can with as many rounds as possible until you're dead or if god forbid all i have is a low percentage shot due to armor or a hostage or something like that or what your body did when i hit your upper thoracic cavity load that up as fast as i can so combat marksmanship versus trying to keyhole each round into one another that would be the only difference in my opinion yeah i think a lot of people have to get away from the whole uh one shot fixes everything no, mentality. It, it very rarely does. Look at this. I'm, you know, I'm the most accurate shooter ever, and you knocked out the X, but it took you five minutes to get there. Exactly. And That's, then you look at if it. The more I tell people, whenever shooting, even though it's just shooting a gun, milliseconds matter in a firefight. Yeah. I am trying to take as much time away from you as I can and give you zero of mine. Right. And that's whenever CMMS comes into play. I don't care about how tight your shot group is. I just want it to be somewhere up in here as many rounds as possible until they're gone. Yeah. And um, so in shooting wise, that's where I would say. Tactic, tactical shooting were coming to play. We're really just combat marksmanship versus marksmanship. Yeah. One is trying to put one round on top of each other, and the other one is combat marksmanship. But you could easily say CQB versus HRCQB. Mm-hmm. The difference is there, right? Yeah. Same thing. Are you going to SHOT Show? No. What about you? Yeah. yeah. I'll be there. Um, I'm too young in this game. I still got to shake hands. You're not tainted. You're not tainted. I still got to shake hands and kiss babies. Um, Johnny, uh, where does the industry go in the next five years? I mean, what does what does the next five years look like? Well, I want to I want to remind everybody this. All right, a lot of people are complaining, and you, did I vote for Trump? Yes, I did. Lesser two evils, in my opinion. But if you ask my political affiliation, I would tell you I'm a fiscally conservative hippie. So don't <laughs> mess with my money. I like. I that. don't care about your race, religion, or sexual preference. Mm, yeah, me too. just be a good person. Yep. Right. 
people forget that up until 2015, Donald Trump was a Democrat. People forget that he grew up in New York State. People forget that he voted anti-gun laws his entire life. So it shouldn't be a shocker that he's doing, he's done what he's done, or he's talking about doing what he wants to do. Bomb stocks. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, right? Yeah. Um, I can tell you right now, the weapon, as far as like sales go in the gun industry, it sucks. I know guys that own, you know huge companies i don't know guys that own the largest gun stores in the country and they are not making sales right now do you think that's going to bump up in the during the election i think well here's what's weird i foresee and my opinion means shit i foresee each party advocating gun control in the election that's scary. if 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 trump leans to that angle then some of the democrats that like him better than whoever's running for them but that's the one thing that's separating them I see him swaying that direction just to pick up votes because guess what? You're not going to vote for the other guy. That's You're going to vote for Trump regardless. That's so true though. And then he can so sway true. this way anti-gun and pick up more votes. I think that's why it's so important that we stop. I mean, listen, I, I'm, I'm suspect of it. I think it's funny when people do the whole boogaloo thing and make funny videos. I've posted them. I think they're funny, but in reality, I think we need to knock that shit off, come together and literally change the culture of America because there's not many people like us that are that understand 2A like we do, mm -hmm. right? Maybe they, oh, yeah, oh, I'm pro-gun. And then you talk to them, and they're like, no, I don't want you to do that. But mm -hmm. that's 2A, dude. And they're like, no, 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 I don't like that. Instead of saying, well, you're an idiot, let's educate people. I think there's some people out there, like Turning Point USA, I think they're – they reached out to me and I think they're reaching out to other people in the 2A community that maybe they, Turning Point as a whole, don't know a lot about the, the 2A community or a lot about uh, the deep culture of that on the as as much as we do and, and try to get that education out to as many people as possible to maybe change and make it more normalized to have the thought process we do in the 2A community as in, no, dude, you should be able to have whatever you want to have, mm -hmm. right? There's nothing you can do to take guns out of criminals hands except for put more in good guys hands right is that is that a conservative movement the the turning point thing or is I, it a, I think it, i don't think they like oh yeah movement. we're conservative i think they're just like hey we're like we don't care what you do like you can be gay straight whatever it doesn't matter just like leave people alone like don't yeah. force government down our throat like let us do our own thing and uh um and that's it right whereas i think there's a group call them left call them whatever you want if you don't, well, you don't like this so that you must hate it then. Yeah. Well, no, that's not, that's not the case. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean I hate it. Like we used to be at a point where we could disagree and still be friends. Yeah. And I think we're getting away from that. And mm -hmm. I think organizations like Turning Point are trying to say, no, 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 no. We can still disagree on things and be friendly. Yeah. Right. Let's Mike have the conversation. I, Mike yeah. and I were like both heated whenever that stuff went down in Mexico. And I was like, mm -hmm. He explained his point of view, and I, I was like, really <laughs> I wasn't heated either. We were just yeah. talking, right? Yeah. But I was like, Mike, I know going off on a tangent, but screw it, let's go there. Um, whenever those those Americans were killed down there, I was like, Mike, you have to understand, the people down there that they were going to see chose to leave America, mm -hmm. and those people knew that their families down there were getting in gunfights with cartel mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. I am. I don't care if it's going to protect you and your family. I go down there in a heartbeat. 
Yeah. But if my aunt and uncle are down there and like, hey, come hang out. We're also getting in gunfights with cartel dudes every week. Yeah. They know I'm going to stay here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it, I, I hate to use the term natural selection, but mm. you're not going to go down there with your family. Nope. I'm not going to go down there with my family. Yeah. You're not going to go down there with your family. So it's like, we were talking about that, but we didn't, we didn't argue. I was like, I'd say my part, he'd say his part. I'd say my part, he'd say his part. And then we saw each other's parts. And we're like, cool, good. Yeah. That's what's you totally know? missing. Though. And, and I, obviously social media is a, a huge uh, benefactor of profits, but also dysfunction, right? I mean, if, 100%. if you could only talk in small blurbs of <clears throat> misunderstood information and it's miscalculated, oh, misinterpreted. So much misunderstanding. Well, it is. It's so huge. much. You post one thing huge. and people are like, well, you said this. I'm like, no, that's not what I said at all. Yeah. I said this. You're interpreting it as that. Yeah. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying I just disagree with this. I'm not saying that you should now burn because yeah. you have the opposite opinion as me. Yeah. Well, and the fact that everyone thinks they're badass on Instagram. And yeah. Like yeah. I have dudes come at me hard. Yeah. And I'll just DM them. I'm like, would you do this face to face? So like, oh, you think you're a tough guy? I was like, no, negative. I know I'm a tough guy. Yeah. And I will fly to you. Yeah. Tell me your address. If you're that badass and you think you're man enough to do this, go. Yeah. Because if you're man insecure. enough to get yeah. on my social media page and affect food going on my daughter's table, yeah. I have an issue with you. Yep. Are and you getting a lot of that? No, not at all. Yeah. I have a few times. And then some guys, like, I'll, I'll do um, non-pointed uh, jabs at people yeah. via a post. Passive stuff, yeah. But they know it's about them. Yeah. And no one else would have have a clue. Yeah. And then they'll message me, and I'm like, yeah, I did do that. And yeah. here's why. Mm. You know? And yeah. generally speaking, it's other instructors. I mean, yeah, I'll go out there. I'll be the guy to be like, hey, you look dumb if you're an instructor wearing camouflage on a range like you're going on an op. Yeah. That shit's not comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it also, if it's an open enrollment course, if I was a civilian going to an instructor and I see his social media page is nothing but plate carriers and cries, I don't know. Yeah. That's why I teach in shorts and a t-shirt. You yeah. know what I mean? That's why I dress normal. Yeah. I, I wonder if, because I see a lot of tactical influencers who are some of the best influencers in yeah. social media space. Yeah. They don't necessarily teach, but they try to influence. Yeah. And my big beef too is with influencers comes a responsibility. And mm -hmm. I think especially especially when it involves firearms and then you have these guys who are super responsible with firearms. And and I get the I get the sport element behind guns. If you're running USPSA, IPSC IDPA, yeah. the list goes on. Like I, I get that. But I just don't get the 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 weird oddities of doing things like kissing guns, making out with guns shooting like i saw this video some dude sent me this video of this this kid shooting into a vehicle and then making a point and then sh shooting into it again like a like it was just i saw it and i went wow that's that's unfortunate because this guy i at one point respected now he's become so bored and also so stagnant that he has to push the limit and so when you push the limit in a field of firearms and tactics you come off, you come across as either a jackass or people love you because you're super cool. And, and if you have that influence where people think you're super cool because you do irresponsible shit with firearms, I'm like, dude, where have we gone with this? Like, how how have we got to the point now where people are picking up guns and doing the dumbest shit on the planet Earth, where they would be fired off my ODA, um, they would be kicked out of the regiment, they would be booted out of the army or the military because that's where guns historically have been in my life 
and then these guys are getting away with it and increasing their following and increasing their influence, increasing their profits because of that. Well, that's a problem is they're worried about being cool. That's it. Yeah. You know the coolest thing on my page? Yeah. My daughter. I like that. 100%. I like that about you. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. You, what up, danger? <laughs> you, you know, you. I noticed like a change, obviously, in your life um, when you had your daughter and you have uh, another child, mm-hmm. but your daughter changed your life in a lot of ways. Hundred yeah. percent. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to use the term "falling off the rails" because you weren't falling off the rails, but your life was very different. Yes. I mean, you were rogue. Yeah. Um, and she brought a lot of stability back into your life. How? Talk to us about that. Like, why was that, and 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 how has she changed your life? Well, I mean, as far as rogue, I mean, it's not a mystery that I was raging all the time and womanizing, and basically, if if you meant a certain, if you if you meant if you checked three of ten of these blocks, I was going to pursue you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was probably going to succeed. Yeah, all the blocks um, were a pulse, and yeah. I and I and I, knew, and I knew that. Uh, but then when her, she was born, it was like, you know, I was traveling around the world. I was Kid Rock's bodyguard. I was running courses in the rock I don't know about that. I knew about that early on that you were a Kid Rock's person bodyguard. I and, thought that was awesome. And uh, so I'm, I'm, do, I'm getting to do things and see things and travel on private jets and do all this stuff that I, no one would ever get to in their lives, right? And then my daughter was born. And I was like, man, how would I feel if a dude approached my daughter the way that I approach women? Mm-hmm. I would beat their face in. Yeah. So I stopped. And then I started thinking about, you know, some of the, some of the stuff that I post before she was born and things like that. And things that I would say, I'm like, would I be proud if she went and looked at what I was posting right now? Mm. If she could comprehend what I'm posting on Instagram, if she understood that shit, would she be proud that I'm her dad Mm. or would she question it? Yeah. And then I applied the same thing in my life. If danger was here right now while I'm out, would she be glad? Would she be proud or would she question me? And I just want to be, I want to be the man she thinks I am. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So a different optic yep. now. It's like you're living, you're living because now you have to be responsible for somebody else's perception of you that's so closely uh, tied to you. Yep. I mean, your influence and everything. They and I, I teach her everything. She knows how to fight with a blade. Go, go to my profile, you guys, and watch. She knows how to fight with a blade and yeah. a little princess freaking crown and princess dress. And she knows, everyone thinks I'm crazy for that, but I'm a firm advocate of, Yes, she's my daughter. Yes, she's my best friend. It's also my job to make her an asset. And dad's not always going to be there. So I will start her off at a very young age. Mm. You know? I like that. What is the, uh, what does the future look like for uh, courses of action and doing different things and tactics and everything else? Are you staying in the tactical game? Like, Yeah, I'm staying, I'm staying in the tactical game. I'm always, I mean, that's my, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I barely break even if I do. Mm-hmm. With what I have to pay instructors, with what I have to do for leasing land, with what I have to do for all this stuff, I barely break yeah. even. People don't get that. But I People love, that, right? I love teaching SUT. Yeah. Open enrollments, yeah, make money. The federal contracts you picked up, majority of 2020 is all federal contracts. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, uh, for civilians, you know, the new course that I launched, which if you're out there and you're not going to this, I always question whenever you guys come to my performance carving courses or my two-day carving course, I'm like, but what are the chances of you using this carving in any, anything? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, th- I often I've had think that, that, that as well. before, too. I've often think that. And then, and then pistol, yeah, I understand. But my EDC course is, you know, all I need is a gym. I don't need a range. And I've ran three of those now. Yeah. And they go great. It's four hours of stop the bleed, four hours of 
freaking striking and groundwork, four hours, practice, four hours training, of yeah. uh, fighting with a fixed blade and four hours of combative pistol, like fighting from retention with a pistol and understanding that. And then obviously, you know, the last one that I did that Gina attended was um, headspace and timing. And that was two days of going over traumatic stuff that happened in your life from as far back as you can remember until the present day. We go in three-year increments. And then I bring in instructors or FaceTime other instructors from every spectrum of special operations. And after you open up for that three-year increment, then you are put in a very, very physical event, whether individual or team, where you're going to quit or not. You know, we had dudes at the last one. We had dudes from the agency. We had dudes from SWAT. We had civilians. We had military dudes. And everyone gained something from it. So that's more practical training. In my opinion. I, I love that training that you do. That's That that whole thing is, I think, super cool. And let's talk about the carbine thing because I, I, it's interesting because I've thought the same thing. So is Mason. Um, for, for you guys that don't know, I mean, Mason's one of the most competent shooters and instructors that I, I, I know, but he works with us. He's just super busy, so it's hard for us to get him on the road because he's on call 24-7. 24-7, 385 days a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels that way. Um, but we talked about the carbine thing, and it's interesting because carbine, is it a part of popular culture? Is that the reason why? I, I think it is, but I think more so, and I think we've had this conversation even with the pistol classes. Like, you've had the same dude. I'm sure you have the same thing. Yep. You have the same dude take like five classes over like a two yeah. year span, right? Yep. yep. I don't think it, I, I think it has to do with learning, obviously, because they want to learn and manipulate their carbine the best of their ability, right? Their what if, their, you know, it doesn't matter how you think of it. But I think they just want to be able to run and gun. And you can't take, you can't just take your carbine down to your local range. Like, there's, however many ranges here yeah. and none of them will let point. you do that. And we do that unless effect. you yeah. take a class. Yep. And so they just take it like this is, I already learned this. I can, I can hone my skills. I can figure out what I didn't get out of last time. Mm -hmm. And then I can ask Mike, I can ask Johnny like, Hey, how do I fix this? And then I can run and gun for five, six, eight hours, however long. And just have fun. And just have fun where I can't do that anywhere else. Why not spend the 275, 300 bucks on that? You know, my, I think that's where it's at, really. My point of view on carbine is 180 degrees opposite. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I was talking with Slade and I was like, you know, they're launching. What's their, Slade's uh, uh, Instagram handle? Slade Raider. Slade Raider. Slade Raider, that's right. And uh, they're launching GBRS group. They're going to work military law enforcement only mm -hmm. for CQB. And I was like, one, I've never taught a civilian CQB class, and I never will. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between CQB and hostage rescue CQB yep. and home defense. 100%. Right? Um, but I'm worried that there's going to be an uptick come this election season with active shooters, like there has been. Yeah. And the last thing I want, yes, I vet everyone before they come to my course. Like, you are yeah. getting a background check run on you. Mm -hmm. Right? But guess what? Everyone was a good guy before they were a bad guy. That's true. And I fear the last thing I want is for somebody to come to one of my courses, a carbine course, and be really, really effective in an active shooting scenario. Yeah, and then the, it's in the news. Well, this guy took a Went giant to courses of class. action, yeah. and then guess what? I no longer have. Yeah, you're fucked. Courses of action. So I, I can tell you right now, whenever that stuff happened in El Paso, my carbine courses are now way watered down. Yeah. And there's stuff that law enforcement and military learns. And then there's stuff that open enrollments learn. Yeah. And we had these discussions a long oh, time 100%. ago. 100%. That's what we, we, we have set our uh, parameters to basic skill sets, which is just like a, 
it's so basic it it's painful in a way and you're like uh, what is this and then at the end of it you know some light bulbs come on for some people and they're like wow i didn't realize that we can get so basic and you're right i don't want that kind of liability i don't want i don't want that kind of weight on my consciousness right. when i hear these active shootings and these dudes write manifestos i go straight to the manifesto because i'm like who the fuck are they calling yeah. out? Yeah. What are they saying they train with? And the last guy was talking about uh, terminal ballistics. He's talking about uh, his weapon of choice. And he was talking about his training. And I'm like, damn, Well, let's, let's go even further than that. You're scared of that. And you have the, you have the right track of mind for that. Because look what they're doing with the, that uh, circuit. Uh, the Court of Appeals just came back and said, no, they, they can, the families Could can sue, sue the companies. The gun companies, That's which we thought there's no way they'll let yeah. that happen, and sure enough, like yeah, it's, it's a civil suit now. It's it's on its way to set way bad ne- negative uh, precedents. As as far as I'm concerned, that's oh, absolutely. Not, it should not happen. It so, could be the precedent, right? Yeah. To change so if they're law. not if they're if they're allowing them to shoe a weapons manufacturer, which legitimately had nothing to do with it, then they're definitely going to let them sue well, you. It's, it's not changing up the dynamic too much. It's taking some things away. You're still going to run. You're still going to shoot fast. You're still going to move. You're going to shoot fast, mm-hmm. accurate, do yeah. all that stuff. Um, but what really opened my eyes was whenever I was teaching an open enrollment course and half of it was law enforcement and half of it was civilians and the civilians were out shooting law enforcement. And these are the guys that have to respond. Now, they weren't anything special, but like you've heard me before. Yeah. Patrol guys do more CQB than SWAT guys. They just don't know. A threshold is a threshold. Yeah. Right. Now I'm teaching civilians how to outshoot guys yeah. mm-hmm. that are going to be showing up to respond to this. That's yeah. no bueno. Yeah, let me. Yeah. I, I'm not. I don't want to dive too into it because I just don't want to talk about it. But let's just any cops that are listening that listen to this from now until this podcast is gone, please, 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 please go get training. Like your agency is not giving you enough, no matter how much you train at, at your agency. Go get outside training. I don't care who, you know, make sure they're reputable people, but go train with your carbine, go train with your pistol because it's going to save your life someday. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Not enough agencies are actually focused on training. Like I see a lot of agencies doing post-certified, check the block, you know, marksmanship, uh, qual stuff. Yeah. But tactics isn't really a... Well, it's not there. I wouldn't completely blame it on the agency either. I mean, you got, depending on what agency it is, they got thousands, hundreds of cops deputies whatever so budgets yeah and they have to be mandated to to have qualifications and there's only so much time in the year to get just that bare minimum done so Mm. you know there is they do offer training Mm -hmm. um and if they do then take it yeah but even specialty teams um one of the premier teams that i've worked with has been orange county sheriff's department gabe rivera and those guys Mm -hmm. and you know why they're able to get equipment like they do they look they're kitted out like we were yeah Mm -hmm. they have and their tactics are on point. Everything's on point. They bring in trainers all year long. Yeah. I'm fortunate enough to be one of them. And the way they do that is they gave Gabe the freedom to start an Instagram for OCSD SWAT. Yeah. PR. So now he's marketing his SWAT team and you get all these rich people in Orange County. They're like, I want to help out. Here's a check for a million dollars. Here's a check for Dude. $10 million. Here's this, this, this. Holy mother. So they're building their entire training and equipment budget, not even taking from the PD. They get what the PD gives them, but on yeah. top of that, which is like ten times more from marketing, subsidized series, by series private, that, private. Yes, yeah. series, series does that. SWAT, yeah. uh, they do a SWAT dinner. They raise hundred thousand dollars a year 
uh, to augment their budget. There's a police department in Monterey that does it. I work with that chief of police. Yeah. He has a benefactor yeah. who's an investor basically into the uh, law enforcement agency, has gotten them armored vehicles, advanced weapons, night yeah. vision. Yep. Because, it, it, like you said, a private entity or private people uh, who are investing back into their communities. Right. That's why we had the, the conversation, me and you did, um, Mason, about police departments now, community policing, and using social media as a yep. PR through social media, th- through social media. Like, why would a, you not do that? There's a connection there, right? There's there's a way that you, with all the people that there's people that hate us, they hate us no matter what. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you do, they're gonna hate us. Mm-hmm. And there's people that love you, they're gonna love you no matter what, right? And then there's the middle ground people that you might never reach, or maybe the only time you reach them is once in a lifetime they get pulled over. Well, this is a way you can reach them every day. Like yeah. if they want to follow their local agency's um, police Instagram page or their local agent's sheriff, you know, like Mark Lamb, who has a page, and, and you get to keep up on what he's doing. And people hate on him for that. Well, there's there's a lot of old school mentality out there that does that don't that, and I don't know. I really don't know what it is. Uh, nobody can pinpoint why they still don't like it. Um, other than they they say that it's unprofessional. Uh, you know, some of the things so that they weird. talk about or do. And I, it's I like, just, welcome to the 21st I century. St- I still don't understand that either. Uh, but yeah, SWAT teams, L- I, my boys over at LAPD just got their page back up and running. Good and dudes, too. And they're getting, yeah, good th- dudes. They're getting uh, you know, when somebody goes down f- for something, they're getting bills paid through that page. Like, say, hey, here, we got this guy down. You know, he lost a family member. Or maybe <coughs> he's, he's dealing with cancer or whatever. And, like here's the GoFundMe page, whereas those guys normally would just make flyers and put them out. Like, hey, the SWAT guys having issues. Now they can put it on that page and help worldwide. that dude out worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. Or 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 help local charities. Well, I mean, is Green Berets. We did a great disservice to ourselves because we were quiet professionals, right? Yeah. Nothing I put out affects anything yeah. TTP wise for people deploying. Right. Yeah. But I remember whenever you'd be like, yeah, I'm a green brain. People are like, is that like an army ranger or is yeah, that like a yeah. Navy seal? Absolutely. And you're like, RPR sucks. No, nobody no. knew it was. But now, now, now every group has their page. Third group has a page. Yeah. Sorb has a page. Yeah. Da, 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 yeah. da. And it's, they're starting to see like, whoa, people. Yeah. We do cool shit too. We do the same shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, how do you, that's a good point, Johnny. I want to talk about this a little bit. How do you, what do you feel like? What's your opinion on, um, SF guys going into social media now, uh, whether they're active duty, some guys that are guard guys, like 19th or 20th group, and then um, where we stand. Because when, when we were on active duty, the, obviously, we never had anything. No, we right? had MySpace and Hot or, hot or Not. That's top, it. Top eight. Top That's eight. it. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, oh, Hot or Not. I forgot. Is that the swipe left that, or right? No, that, that was the one where it would show a picture and you rank them on a scale from one to 10. Oh, I yeah. Do I do remember you. that. I do remember that. <laughs> wow. And you maintained your average of like, oh, you're a 9.2 today. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, that's so crazy. I remember it's like, that. It was like a six. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> I think it's if you're not, if you're out there and you're currently active duty and you're not, you're, you're not, po- you're, you're scared to run a social media account. If you're not breaking any TTPs and you're not showing locations where people can ID where you're at, et cetera, mm-hmm. go for it. That's yeah. going to help recruit the new guys. Yeah. New guys don't know if they don't know. And everyone only knows now from social media. Let's be real. The new generation is not reading books. They're not, it's they're true. not, they're not reading magazines. They're not doing it. Everything's on this, this phone right here. Yeah. Um, so if they're not doing that, they're losing. I mean, you have active duty Marine chicks 
that look like amateur porn stars modeling water bottles. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, That's crazy. <laughs> well, I, you know, I always, like you said before, the, the PR, we have n- not done ourselves a, a good service by not doing anything in the public relations field. And it hurts recruitment, it hurts retention, and it and it definitely hurts like uh, the society's view of who we are. Well, dude, the coolest commercial out there. You see, it's dark at night. You see, like yeah. a, an ocean line with the sand. Then you hear the water come in. Then you hear some steps. You see a couple footprints, and then the water comes in again, washes the footprints away. And it's like U.S. Navy SEALs. I was like, yeah. Come on. That is badass. That's awesome. Yeah, you, just showed, you just showed an OTB info, and that was That's insane. It. That budget was probably like 50 bucks. <laughs> Hold this camera on this thing. It's hey, like, take those boots out there and put front footprints real quick. That's it, man. It was so so cool. I, when when I was a kid, uh, I actually, my, my dad was Army, my uncle was Navy, and I always wanted to be a Navy SEAL. And I wanted to be a Navy SEAL because of the movie Navy SEALs with Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Like them, this is God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> them falling through the rafters with MP5 SDs and shooting terrorists and and like do like living that lifestyle. I was like, I want to be part of that community. Yeah. And so, I, like growing up, that was the point of impact for me. And then I went, What are Navy SEALs? Oh, this is Navy SEALs. Let me read about Navy SEALs. Mm-hmm. And so I started reading Richard Marcinko books, and it's like, Holy crap, this is really awesome. Well, how do you do that with SF? Like John Wayne, yeah, like right? Transformers, like Chuck I think one Norris. Of those, Chuck Norris. It's like, come on, Rambo. It's so crazy, man. Yeah. And and I do agree that, that we need to uh, improve our PR. And I, that, I, that's why, honestly, I like pages like yours and mine when we do a story about you know in Afghanistan holding a monkey or yep. you know working with kids or doing DA raids. Like people need to understand what these men actually do. And I think we're doing ourselves a disservice if we're not communicating that. 100%. Um, you you right now are um, – can you talk about the cancer thing? Yeah, that, absolutely. So I want to talk about this because it makes me nervous just talking about it. <laughs> it, it, it makes me – it breaks my heart uh, when you told me. But tell people the diagnosis, what you have going on with the tumors. You've been battling with this off and on Almost for years. Almost a year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. Yeah, um, so – Really picked up in January when I moved down to Arizona. Uh, Myo Clinic had me going in doing, basically they stick a 20-gauge catheter in your spine and, and pull spinal fluid, and they're running diagnosis like that. Yeah, This I, is the best clinic in the yeah, plant. I can't do MRI scans because of shrapnel in my face and upper body. Yeah, It's a big magnet, and yeah. it's just going to pull it out, right? Uh, it's very uncomfortable. So I did one. It wasn't fun. And I do spec scans, and they ID these tumors and lesions on my head. And right then, then they were like, okay, no, it's benign, da 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 Jeff Darty got on board, and yep. blah, 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 going back and forth. So I started doing these things called hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which we talked about last time, and I'm yep. still doing hyperbar- hyperbaric oxygen therapy, IV therapy, chelation, this stuff called PMF, where it's basically like this sleeping bag you put on you and electrocute you for 15 minutes at a time, and uh, you're at, like, your entire bottle, body's convulsing. And um, then Mayo came back to me in September and was like, hey, they're not what we th- – what we said, you have stage four glioblastoma, which is stage four brain cancer. And I was like, okay, there's a wake up call. And, um, we want you to start chemo and radiation on September 23rd. And I really started taking a deep, hard look at the guys that were diagnosed with cancer when I go there and, and get my test done and see them. And they look like Holocaust victims. They couldn't even move. They were just like, yeah. they were not healthy. Yeah. They're doing all this Western medicine stuff. So I took uh, a holistic approach. Um, 
I, I continue with HBOT. We up my IV therapy. So basically with IV therapy, what we're doing is super boosting my immune system by like a thousand. And uh, the hyperbaric oxygen therapy basically takes me down to two to three atmospheres and I breathe pure oxygen at that depth for an hour and 15 minutes twice a day. And uh, what you actually have to get in a chamber? Yeah, you get in a chamber, put on a mask, and then it decompresses you down to two to three atmospheres, depending wow. on how you're feeling that day. So optimizing the oxygen in you, just saturating All yourself. it does is saturate my blood cells with 100% pure oxygen. Ooh, okay. So it forces it into your body. Yeah. And um, the results that I'm seeing are tumors have shrunk 70% since last January, and I've done zero chemo radiation. Myo Clinic will no longer see me because I've taken the approach that I have. Um, and then a, uh, they just cut you off. Yeah. No, you're, we you're won't see you. Yep. Yeah. I'm an outcast. And, um, which I, I, I refuse to do what they want anyway. Yeah. I, I don't want to do that. I'm not taking that route. Yeah. And, um, then I'm going down to Panama soon to get a uh, stem cells at one of my buddies owns the one that rebuilt Mel Gibson's dad's heart. Yep. And, uh, so I'll be in Panama getting about $126,000 worth of stem cells that were donated and I'm doing TRT and all that stuff still and taking some stupid mushroom pills that Mike makes me take. I reordered them. I had them. to do it. <laughs> it's called like turkey tail or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And um, so I'm doing all that, but all the results are good. I mean, to the point that I have not changed physically. I'm improving. I, my TBI stuff is still getting better. And I'm training for a 100-mile ultra marathon in May. That's awesome. So it's... it's um. You have a lot of people, and, and everyone that I've known that's relied on Western medicine has eventually died. Mm -hmm. It may disappear, but then it comes back. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then you have guys that are freaks, like, in a good way, like Dr. Joe Esperanza out in New York, and he's proven he has had, like, there is quantifiable data. He has proven that meditation, you can meditate cancer out of your body. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why is Big Pharma pushing all this stuff on you? Oh, because they want to make money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Um, the holistic approach is, is what's working. I firmly believe that if I would have done the Western medicine approach that I would be dead in February. Yeah. Like they said, I don't see myself dying in February. You feel good. I feel hundred percent. Are you going to get the tumors rescanned at every certain period of time? Yeah. So we do a spec scan once a month. Okay. A spec scan is essentially like a different version of a brain scan and yeah. everything's shrinking every single time we go in there, they're degrading. Well, what's interesting is a lot of people don't understand this is, you know, when you live a lifestyle and you're just doing the same things, eating the same things and living the same way, nothing changes. But when you adapt these new holistic methods, um, you're changing literally the, the, at the cellular level, your body, your mechanics, like everything about you, right? Everything. And, and the best treatment out there is going to be super boosting your immune system. And I don't mean by taking a vitamin C pill. Yeah. I mean, by vitamin C and B12 IV therapy, I mean, I have to take B12 injections every single day. I have to take B vitamin C injections every day on top of the IV therapy. And you're talking about an IV bag that's like, like maybe the size of, maybe the width of two index cards and about an inch and a half thick. And it's so slow. It takes an hour and a half to two hours just I heard to get that painful. treatment. Yeah, it's not too. fun. Yeah. It's not a good time. Yeah. I take a little danger down there. She gets to pull the catheter out when they're done. That's like her favorite part. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, instead of saying, woe is me and letting it win and like doing what they wanted me to, I looked at it that, I mean, there's a lot of people that I know that have been seals and green berets that have died from brain cancer. And I look at the treatment they did and I look at the success rate and it was zero. Yeah. Then I look at people that have had cancer in any form and they take a holistic approach and they win. Hmm. There has to be something said for that. 
you know do, what I mean? Do you do you recommend like guys in our you know even even with Mason being exposed to lead concussion and everything else? Is there some things that we could do now to get, get ahead your, of it? Go get your head scanned. I just right got out it. the I just, gate. Right when you got told me that, I went and got an <laughs> MRI on my head, and everything looks good. But I. I uh, that's the first thing I did. You have my to. back's all jacked up, but my head is good, and that scares me too. Because a lot of our peers have died from brain cancer, yeah. and just and it once discovered, once they went into those phases of uh, advanced care, done. Yeah, they're gone. No, yeah, I can't do that either. And it, and it pains me whenever you go see them because they're just laying on this bed with all these tubes in them. They're vegetables, and you're like, yeah, what happened? You look like, I mean, for lack of a better term, they look like ET whenever he was in the ditch. Yeah, just laying there pale that was so sad fragile skinny yeah. like you know what i mean it's i'm not slowing down at all and i don't talk to feel, me about this run this rough the 100 mile you're doing um so i i, I was like uh i've checked a lot of blocks in life like via work you know uh in the civilian world and i'm just looking for you know more things to check yeah and the one of the things i haven't done is run an ultra marathon so is it the process and the experience is that part of it i, I could i could finish it in in i could i could finish it right now mm-hmm. in the qualifying time yeah right it's not that it's, it's being, a run it's being competitive yeah it's 100 miles straight yeah in bryce canyon there's an elevation change of twenty seven thousand five hundred ninety seven feet beautiful wow. um bryce canyon, yeah baby. and then i have studs like tony cowden he's writing my running program for it i have him coming out to pace me, Mozzie Smith coming out to pace me. I think Cameron Haynes is coming out to pace me. And basically, it's like they know the pace. Well, I, I don't get an invite. You get Fat Mike can't get some love. <laughs> if, you want, Mike, if you want to, you're more than welcome. Basically, they know the pace that I have to run at. I'm not going to wear a watch, and they stay t- like 20 feet in front of me. And I just maintain that whatever pace they're staying at. Awesome. Uh, the hard part for me is coming from being able to consistently run, you know, sub five minute five or sub 35 minute the five milers to slowing the pace down to actually forcing my body you know to run a 12 minute pace for six hours and that's the kind of shit i'm doing now yeah and then uh as we get further on into it uh, i think i'm gonna do a couple 50 milers one in january one in march and then uh we're gonna reverse all my training so it's gonna be like sleep deprivation and i'll be doing all my runs from like midnight to noon the next day, that type stuff. Because that's a huge component yes. to it, right? Yep. You, I mean, how many hours are you running straight? Um, I'm, my goal is sub-23 hours. Sub-23. Yep. Yeah, that's... Man. Whenever you're in the nighttime portion, I mean, it's like you get people, it's like learning how to run without needing a headlamp. Even though your headlamp's yeah. there, being able to ID terrain, do all that oh, stuff. Yeah, that's you know difficult, what I mean? yeah. And then even running with a headlamp, I mean, think about your equilibrium whenever you're running up a mountain or patrolling up a mountain and you just have nods on. Yeah. Injury. Or something you're like, what is going on, right? So yeah. it's it's understanding how the terrain feels, which you and I are very good at, mm-hmm. uh, but more so um, containing myself and not trying to go too fast. Yeah. You know, I'll finish it now, but I want to be competitive when I finish. It's amazing, man. It's a, it's a really cool thing to do. I think, uh, you know. I'm going to overland for real, son. I, I, I that's what I mean. I, I think it's like this new balance. Yeah. My favorite thing about people like you and just the friends that I surround myself with, um, that mean that so much is you guys, a lot of you guys identify goals and objectives and then, and then attack it. Raul did the same thing. Like he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see. And he fucking did it. I mean, he yeah. trained, he committed 1000%. And I saw that every single day coming in here, 
while I'm eating a freaking taco, he's in there freaking smashing bags and doing everything he could. And then he goes out and he executes. It's like to see that process or to be part of that process, whether you're doing it yourself or you're observing it, it's, it's it pretty impactful. It's powerful. When it's like, you know, Jason next door. Yeah. Um, they're doing CPR class right now, you guys. Um, he's going to be in my medical support. That's so awesome. I'll have like I have a stellar crew. That's so awesome. It's um, yeah. If, if any, if there's a reason it doesn't happen, it's because of me. It's not because of anything else. Yeah, you know. I want to podcast after after that. That'd Absolutely. Wrap really cool. right when you're done. Right. <laughs> like the second you're done. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Meh. No, I put it down. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, you have guys like Tony Cowden who does 250 mile races. He does 200 mile races. Yeah. Tony's a big, big yeah, dude. So we plan on right now. So I have to do this thing with the Redcon one right now where I have to get up to 220. I'm at 217 right now. Yeah. Then we're going to take a picture and a month later and be like, look at how jacked I am again. I'm at 205, but I don't expect to be lighter than 195 pounds for this race. <sighs> Jesus. I was 195, like in 10th grade. Right. I haven't seen that in a while. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen my uh, toes in a while. Mike's known me when I weighed 135 pounds. I know. Yeah, dude, you guys had the advantage. Lightweight guys. I was like, dude, we get a ruck on our backs, and they're like, "How are these guys moving so fast?" It's crazy. (laughs) I'm just big bone. Your back's the first thing to go. I know. He's jacked Asian. Yeah, I used to be. (laughs) Um, So, where do you see yourself in five years from now? Uh, with everything that's going on, have your priorities shifted because of the diagnosis? Uh, I wouldn't say they've shifted. I'd say it, they've shifted in the in the path of uh, wanting to leave more of a mark. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, Are the, you doing the book thing? We talked about. I am this. doing the book, I'm but obviously there's obviously there's more chapters now. So that's, a, yeah, that's where's good. your book? And like, I, it's I'm writing. I'm using I'm using a, a lady <laughs> to help me because I suck with grammar. I'm very good at putting words on paper, but I go back to like writing NCOERs where like you have three sentences and I'm like, comma, semicolon, comma, 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 and I'll squeeze a paragraph in three sentences. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so I'm using this lady named Kendra and she's going to be doing, uh, the, the grammatical corrections for me. And, um, with this stuff, with a race and all this stuff, it was, I was really in a race to put it out there, but it's funny. Like a month from now, I could have another significant thing happens. It could be positive or negative. And let's give it some time and let it build up. And plus there's so many books launched right now. Like Tom Satterley's book. I just read that yeah. amazing book. We got him um, on Tuesday. Yeah. It's it's so it's like, let those do their thing. I'm my time will be my time, but no, yeah. the book's going to come along. Um, five years from now, man, uh, you know, the strength conditioning stuff, launching capable of anything, separating it from courses of action. I've been writing programming for a long time. Um, but I had to separate because I couldn't promote it because gum related page. And I tried to promote programming like, Nope. Ad denied. I'm like, okay, this sucks. So what launching do you mean, another government company, related page. They marked it. Gun related page. Oh, gun related page. Yeah. Even you, though I don't sell firearms, even yeah. though I don't do anything yeah. like that. Yeah. It's like Instagram and PayPal are the quickest to fuck you whenever it comes to running PayPal, a training company. I still owes me ten grand. And um, <laughs> I got locked up in them. So it's uh the programming part I really like because I have dudes now we're ending the first uh the first ninety day cycle of individualized remote programming. And I've had dudes that I've put on, one of them's next door, he's 17, he put on 22 pounds in less than three months. I have dudes that have lost 35. You Jason? Did you help no, Jason? I, I helped right? Jason. Jason just knocked off, um, his son has gained weight. Jason's lost weight. He cut off like over 11 minutes in less than a month and a half on his 5K time and Jesus. then beat that 5K time two weeks later. Um, so I like, I'm, I'm really liking the programming stuff. I have dudes that have lost over 40 pounds in three months. That's awesome. To the point that they had to go out and buy entire new wardrobes 
And I, I tell people, it's not that I'm some genius. I'm very good at programming, but it's just, I'm giving you a plan now. So when are you go to the gym, you're not wasting time. I'm writing in nutrition for you. And we do it weekly. We don't do, they do weekly check-ins. I don't give them like, here's 90 days. Yeah. It's like, you, know you don't goals? know where they're going to be in two yeah. weeks. I'm like, we go five days, seven days by seven days, one week at a time. Mm -hmm. And then it changes, you know? Um, so you're going to focus more on that. I'm focusing on that. And then the, then the EDC, like I said, man, I, I, I plan on maybe doing six open enrollment shooting courses in, in 2020. The rest is EDC headspace and timing. Um, and focusing on that, but the, the goal is I see myself definitely, you know, guys like Miles Kittleson getting out, guys like that, bringing them under the flock and then let them like, okay, well, here's, here, handle this region. Mm -hmm. You handle this region. You handle this region. So now I'm not coming out of pocket. I don't have to fly across country. They can literally drive to where they're training because it's in their region. Let them get a huge chunk of money. I take a small portion and then start franchising it out to these guys. Like, Hey, you're a part of courses of action. This is, you know what I mean? That's and awesome. doing that versus I, I really messed up when I set up courses of action and I market it as this face right here. Mm -hmm. So it, it, that's going to be the hard part in the next year or two is making it. So it's about more people than myself. You'll get through that. You that's, know what I mean? That's easy. Courses of action is a good brand too. Yeah. It's a solid brand. Mason, yeah, because everybody says it. I know everybody. <laughs> they, have, they might not even know who you are, and they I know, say they're like courses of action. <laughs> Hope isn't a course of action. Yeah. Oh shit, you better this copyright. That's, that's, that's a that's a quote. Johnny Johnny quoted that. Um, Mason, you know, I don't know, man. Law enforcement. We've talked about this back and forth. Law All enforcement is so fucking tough. You guys have it. You guys get shit on more than any career field. Overwork, underpaid, undertrained. Fucking. And it's funny is we don't even know it. Like we don't know. Yeah. Like yeah. We we haven't done you know Costco or or Quick Trip for twenty years, and then all of a sudden we're cops. We're like, dang, this sucks. We're yeah. like, this doesn't suck. This is no big deal. Just let's yeah. just go to work. You don't even you know? know your own work. Yeah, we don't, we don't even know it, that it's bad until you you meet other people and get conversations in the private sector and realize what other people are doing and and what they're getting paid and how much time they have off, and you're like. Wait a minute. Yeah. This isn't cool. This yeah. is not Especially cool at all. I know the amount of hours you put in. Yeah. It's like your whole life. You're like, Mason, let's so. go for a drink. Oh, bro, I can drink for another 342 yeah. days. That's yeah. when I have a day off. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, that's why coming up here is like <laughs> just so relaxing. I'm on, yeah. off call, no phone on me where anybody can get a hold of me other than my personal phone, obviously. You could disconnect from Yeah. Me. Just do nothing for like yeah. three days. That's why you just don't hang have, out with good people. That's why you don't have pants on right now, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Well, we, none of us have pants. He's on. a grower, not yeah. a shower. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you? Where do you? I mean, are you going to? Are you a lifer now? Are you committed because you're past the window? Uh, I don't I feel think. You're, that I way. don't think you're everybody. I don't think you're ever. I think. I think everybody thinks they are. I think they're still like, oh, I've got 11 years. I got to finish. But I think when you, if you're smart, then you know that's not fact, right? Because you, at any point, I got technically I have six years. And I could retire and pull a pension. Mm -hmm. But if I left right now, I would still have a small. Uh, retirement fund that they would have to give me. Mm -hmm. um, and every day, every paycheck that I work, that fund gets bigger. So even if I, I worked another three years and left, yeah. I'm still going to get a lump sum of money I can invest in a business, go into another job, whatever. I think the big uh, crime against ourselves is realizing we can't leave. Like if you think you can't leave, that's the wrong answer. Mm -hmm. You can really do whatever you want. You just have to be able to make that step and be like, all right. That's a scary step for anybody, I'm sure. What would you do when you're done? Who, who knows? 
The sky's the limit. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like all the stuff I'm doing with social media right now. You know, hanging out with you, hanging out with you, uh, shot show, SEMA, off road, firearms, like Turning Point USA. I just started working with those guys. Like, who knows? Maybe I'll run for office in four years. You never know. That'd be cool. Yeah, Mason for sure. I either get to retirement and do something something else fun, or maybe I you, you know stop what, sooner. You know what people are, are, I don't know if they're underestimating, no one's thinking about it, but if you ran for sheriff and you leveraged the marketing experience you had for social media, you would fucking crush it. Yeah. you Because you would recruit so many people who would not be interested in voting or just being involved, period, yeah. and be like, dude, let's go vote for this guy. This yeah. guy's legit. Well, and like, as you, I'm sure you both know, like, you make, so many connect, which is the best thing of social media. You are the most the, connected. The dude amount of networking you can yeah. do with social media, you know, is everybody beyond. I mean, the friendships I made, I would have never made without yeah. social media. So uh, I think just that by itself, like, hey, That's hey, hook point. me up, dude. Like, I'm I'm running for office. Can you like absolutely put, the, put this ad out and be like, oh yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure it could happen if that's something I wanted to do. I'm not saying that I am, but yeah. you never know. I, I, I think it's interesting because I hear people go, oh, social media is the most toxic thing on the planet. And it can, it can be. can be, 100%. When, when you're a scumbag. 100%. I mean, I've been be. a scumbag, and we all have. We all to, have. We all have, right? Yeah. But it's like it doesn't control your life. You have the ability not to get on the fucking app. It's mm-hmm. a choice. It's yeah. it's You're not forced into that. And all these people complain about it, but you can get so many positive things accomplished. You could tell people about charity events. You could fucking change the world on social media. 100%. We raised uh, my business partner for for the nylon stuff, Chris Osmond. We raised his wife over $105,000 in three days this past week. That's awesome. Right? That's amazing, man. You you couldn't have done that without it. No. May I go back to you running for sheriff? Go for it. No balls. No balls, man. <laughs> Dude, that, I would support you right now. Like, why don't we kick this off? Like, this is the official announcement. Wow, Just we, we can't do that. It's, it's out there now. It, it's it's already done for this season, but you never know. Four more years, and then oh, it, every four years. Yeah, it's every four years. So in, in the next four years, you're up for sure. So it'd be fun. Right, it, it starts now. We start campaigning now. now. <laughs> why don't you start campaigning? Hey guys, now, we're gonna man. start a GoFundMe account for uh, Mason to uh, campaign. If we did that, people would pay into that just yeah. to support you. I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. That's amazing man i'm happy for you um i do want to mention on december 14th we we had this tribe expo thing but what we did different this year is we always do a charity thing so we donate to charity last time we donated to a a homeless uh non-profit homeless shelter that supports homeless people getting back on their feet it's like a program yeah uh, in flagstaff with one of our tribe members the year before that we did a uh, we supported a the training of a service dog for a veteran this time we're doing a raffle for a, uh, a photograph, or I'm sorry, a, a print, a limited edition print, and also a Trijicon RMR, which is only close to the tribe, so I hate even saying that out loud, but we're doing $10 worth of toys get you a ticket, and we're doing the toys for, for kids who obviously don't have, who are impoverished and don't have right. uh, the ability to open gifts on Christmas. But on December 14th, tied into this, we're doing a free survival seminar here at HQ for a couple hours. And then uh, Johnny would be there, but he's, he, he'll be training. And then maybe I can get you to give up some swag or something yeah. um, just for the raffle portion. Yeah, sure. And it's the same thing. If you show up to the survival seminar, you have to bring a toy to get in. But if you bring $50 worth of toys, then that's five tickets for whatever you want to put into whatever bowl. We got BCM on board, 511 Tactical, um, a whole bunch of our sponsors and companies that we work with, Kill Cliffs. And if you're listening to this and you're a company and you'd like to donate more, absolutely, see. by all means, reach out to us. Yeah, please do. Because our objective, if I could fill this whole 
the half garage. of my warehouse at 2,500 square feet full of toys to give to poor kids in Phoenix and Flagstaff and uh, Prescott, Prescott Valley, Chino Valley, then that's just the more the better. And it, it's the one time in the year or in life where I go, you know what? Who gives a shit about giving a, something tangible, right. material? Right. Because if it's a kid who's affected by their impoverished situation and they could get some joy for a temporary moment, then fuck it. Let's do it, you yeah. know? Um, all right, guys. Well, fuck. That was an hour and a half of podcast. Got I appreciate it. you guys coming on, man. Thank right you on. for having us. Thanks for having me. It's always good to, to have you guys. Where, Gunfu, uh, where can people see your stuff on social media? Uh, some of my personal pages, Gunfu Fighter. Uh, I have a secondary page, Gunfu Fighting, that most people don't even know. It's me. Yeah. Um, the, that's that's an awesome page, yeah. uh, Gunfu Fighting. Um, and then Johnny. Courses underscore of underscore action or capable of anything LLC. I like that. I like that, man. All right, guys. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, and we'll see you guys next time.